Tuesday Night Touchdown Podcast with your hosts, Reese Downing and Jacob Workman. Everyone, uh, another Tuesday night touchdown podcast, NCAA edition. We have reached the end. This is the national championship episode. Uh, joining me as always, the fine citizen, Captain Reese Downing. Reese, what's going on over there? <laughs> not too much, man. How are you? Uh, not sure. Sounding, sounding slightly better than the previous yeah. couple weeks. That's good. I'm not sure how to answer that because I'm probably going to call 400 times still, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Uh, so we just finished up kind of a long bowl week. We picked quite a bit of games last week. Uh, I think it was 23 games, including the two invitational games. Uh, we actually finished kind of strong. So week three bowl pick results. I went 15 and eight. Reese went 16 and seven, which was a pretty solid finish because like we've said the whole time, who the hell knows who's even playing in these games. It's been very difficult to predict. <clears throat> Reese, did you have a chance? What did you think of any of the uh, the games from the last week? Honestly, I didn't get to watch as much football as I wanted to, just because of all the holiday stuff that's been going on. But there were there were definitely some solid games. Um, the most importantly, I think we got some for for it being the college football in, invitational, so to speak. Uh, we got some pretty decent games yesterday. Yeah, we'll we'll get into those here in a little bit. I have some mixed feelings on one of them, but the uh, <clears throat> they were at least good endings to both of them. Uh, so, like I said, I went fifteen and eight. Reese went sixteen and seven, which is going to take our overall bowl record. I was twenty three and eighteen, and Reese was twenty two and nineteen. So, even for as terrible as these bowls were, we still managed to go over five hundred in those. Uh, that's going to give us a final running total for the whole season. Um, I went 206, 180 losses and three ties. Uh, it was 389 games. I went 53% on that. Reese was 197, 189 and three ties, 51%. Uh, so once we get our national championship here, we will pick 390 games all by the spread. That's uh, that's a lot of games. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, uh, it was a lot. Uh, Especially some of the early season games we picked were insane. Spreads were all 30, 35, 40. It was it was crazy. So I would say overall, I mean, this was our first season picking that many games. And I would say overall, we had a pretty good year. I mean, to go over, we're definitely, we're locked in already over 500 in the Bulls. We're definitely locked over in over 500 for the regular season. So, I mean, it's it's tough to argue. Pretty successful, or I would say at least. How you, How do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, for the, us doing this for the the first time this year, I mean, also picking these games on Tuesdays doesn't always make things easier. We talk about that a lot on Sunday, especially. Um, right. But yeah, I mean, all things considered, man. I mean, I talked about it a little bit. I going into this um, this podcast, I was not as close of a follower of college football as you are, and I've been forced to pay attention and, and learn a lot of things and a lot of names about guys that I normally wouldn't. And it's, it's been a really fun process. Mm-hmm. So for, um, for me getting more familiar with the, the deeper level of college, uh, and not just the, the power five conferences, uh, still being above 500, I'm happy with that. So, uh, now we've got a benchmark and hopefully next season we, uh, we outperform. 
Yeah, I think our, our key has got to be a better start. Our week zero was so bad that we, we've uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they just blow 500. For that. Hey, yeah, we were crawling out of the basement from there. God. So uh, <clears throat> from there, we're going to get in the uh, college football invitational semifinals were last night. Uh, the first game was the Rose Bowl, Alabama and Michigan. Michigan held on to win 27-20 in overtime. Uh, just one thing I would like to throw in real quick. Uh, my team was held out of the playoffs because they were questioning if our backup quarterback would be able to go into these situations and play, and they didn't think that we should make it because of our situation at quarterback. Uh, Jalen Miller was 16 of 23 for 116 yards yesterday. I'm pretty sure Tate Rodemaker could have done that. Our defense was better than Alabama. Our weapons are way better than Alabama's on offense. Our offense actually has a pulse, unlike theirs. So I, I, I uh, it was like one final kick in the nuts for the college football season because that was an absolute disgrace what Milrow did yesterday. He was awful. And I, I mean, I was rooting for Michigan to win just because of I didn't think Bama should have been there to begin with. And I think it was the, uh, the nice chef's kiss there on the last play of the overtime to watch another shitty snap go straight into the ground. Milrow pick it up, run right up the middle, and get smoked. I don't know. that Nothing about that play seemed logical to me, but good way to end your season. Uh, they shouldn't have been there to begin with, but it is what it is. Uh, so 27-20, Michigan did win. Uh, McCarthy didn't have that great of a game statistically. 17-27, 221 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, Blake Corum at 83 yards and a touchdown, and the run in overtime was nasty. That was a great cut. Uh, sealed it. I, I didn't. I thought it was over when they scored. I didn't think Bama had a chance of scoring. <clears throat> uh, Reese, what were your thoughts on the Alabama Michigan game? Um, well, before we jump into the Bama Michigan game, I did want to touch base just because you brought up Florida State again. Uh, I read a lot of commentary after that game about. Regardless of the guys that were out, this just goes to show you that Florida State never should have been in it, and this, that, and the other. And I. I cannot understand for the life of me anybody that watches college football and and b believes that take. Um, no one with six, a brain would say that. Saying, saying, are those players worth 63 points? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And the reason why is because not only is Florida State going to be scoring more points and is going to change momentum, but their defense is also going to stop Georgia from scoring that often. It's not like you guys had all 11 starters out there for Florida State on the defensive side of the ball. Like Nobody wanted to be there, and it was clear, but they had a reason for feeling that way. And it's just... it's. It's astronomically stupid to me to take a look at that game and say that is an example of why Florida State shouldn't have been in it in the first place. It doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah, anyone that says that just has absolutely no idea what they're talking about. Florida State, I mean, I even said last week I would bet my house on Georgia. I think at that point it was 16. I think the line ended up going up to like 20. Like, I, yeah. I, would, I would have bet anything on earth on Georgia. I knew what the situation was. Florida State had zero offensive players playing, and I think two defensive starters playing. They were going to have four defensive starters playing that announced they were going to play. And two of them, I, I think, just wanted to make the trip. And in pregame, they said they're not going to play. So literally only two defensive starters played and zero offensive starters played. Yep. Uh, yeah. Georgia, with their fucking Heisman candidate quarterback, probably is going to do some damage to him, if I had to guess. Like, I mean, well, I, I, yeah. Anyone that, yeah. Anyone that says that they didn't belong because of that game, one, doesn't watch football, and two, has no idea what they're talking about. 
Yeah, I and and some of them were like the Georgia fans. I expect to say that kind of thing, but then I mean, like I, the other part of this problem, and this isn't specific to Florida State, but we have to, and we talked about this, I think, last week or the week before last. We college football has to figure something out when it comes to, yeah, um, transfer portal and opt outs. Like those two things have to be figured out. It has to both of those things have to be figured out to where they don't impact these bowl games, even going into a twelve team playoff. You're still going to have guys that maybe they're the 12th seed and they decide that they don't want to play, and then the one seed gets a shoe in game, you know, like, and that's just one example. But it just, they, they have to figure out this transfer portal situation to where the transfer portal does not happen until the last game is played. And the, from a, an opt out standpoint, like, especially now that we have NIL money in play here, like, there has to be some sort of tie in to where if you're bringing, if you're taking NIL money or whatever it is, like, you need to show up and play. Like I just, the, some of these guys foregoing their last game because they're going into the NFL draft is 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 frustrating to me, and it seems to be more and more common, and it's really damaging the the product of college football, in my opinion, because of it. So, um, anyway, uh, jumping back in here to the Bama Michigan side of things, uh, a lot of sloppy plays in this game. I did catch a majority of both of these games uh, special teams was rough throughout the game especially for michigan uh credit to jj mccarthy for driving 75 yards down the field to tie the game late in the fourth that fourth and two call kept that drive going and then a couple connections to roman wilson really helped seal the deal and push it to overtime I was both surprised and disappointed at how poorly Bama's defense showed up in overtime, but this is why I'm not a huge fan of college football overtime in the first place. I'd much rather see a coin flip, kick off, allow each team to have one possession, and get an opportunity to match. I think it makes it much more interesting than get putting the ball at the 35-yard line, even if we do you know, eliminate field goals for the first four drives or something like that, so it's not a, a field goal victory. Um, I, I've never been a huge fan of college football overtime. I think that it it takes away some of the uh, the the deeper level play calling and things like that when you put teams that close to the end zone. Uh, I mean, that that was over in two plays for Michigan. It took them two run plays to score that touchdown. So having having that ball kicked off or putting it on the twenty five on the other side of the field, even I think would have made that game more interesting. Um, uh, overall, though, it, it wasn't a bad game. I I thought Michigan had it, in, or excuse me, I thought Bama had it in hand, and then those play calls from Bama, when they had the ball in overtime, I was just like, "What the hell is going on?" And then that they last were, play, where I mean, I know, I knew that he screwed up the uh, the the hike there in fourth down, but then Milrow was like, "Well, I guess this is over," and just runs straight in the middle. Like, he didn't even but attempt to try to make a play. It was the designed play, though. That that was the design because the guard was pulling. He was supposed to follow the guard, and he didn't. Right, but, but that play got broken up as soon as the snap was yeah. fumbled. Is what I'm getting at. Like at they, that point. Plays like out the sixth snap into the ground two of the yeah. game. Yeah. So I just, I was a little surprised at how that ended. Um, credit, credit to Michigan for, for coming back and getting things done there late in the fourth. Um, and yeah, that's, that's about all I have to say about it. I, I was a little disappointed in how that ended out, but it was a good game up until overtime. Yeah. I mean, to me, star of the game for Alabama was uh will Reichard, the kicker. I mean, that dude was, he's money like that. And he's going to get drafted. He, like that's a legit draft pick in the NFL. He was very solid. Uh, like you mentioned, Michigan special teams. It was very bad. Um, missed extra point, and they had that dropped punt. Uh, the dropped punt almost cost them the goddamn game at the end. I, yeah, <laughs> they, yeah, the muffed punt. I was like, oh shit. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of things that could have gone wrong there. <clears throat> but I mean, overall, Michigan ended up winning. Uh, pretty 
pretty boring game, I would say, for the first half. The second half, more fourth quarter even, it got a little bit more interesting. But, yeah, I mean, even you go back, if if uh, I was the, the freshman, I can't remember his name, the corner. He didn't downs, I think, Caleb Downs. If he wouldn't have stepped out of bounds on the first play, they had a, they picked off J.J. McCarthy on the first play of the game, but he stepped out before he caught it. So, I mean, they, I don't know. There's a lot of things that could have swung that game pretty quickly. Uh, but overall, Michigan has advanced to the national championship next Monday uh, where they will be playing the Washington Huskies, which That's right. I could not be happier about. Um uh, actually, one thing I want to throw in real quick just before we get into this game. So you mentioned college overtime. I was really hoping we would get to the point because I guarantee there's a lot of people that watch college football that have no fucking clue what happens once you get to the third overtime. And I was really hoping we were going to get to that because someone the, the world would have exploded when they saw how that game would have been decided. If we started alternating two point plays for the national for a chance to go to the national championship. That rule would have been changed today. No, yeah. it would have been so bad. But yeah, and I guarantee there's so many people have no clue that that's what was about to happen. I was really hoping, but so uh, <clears throat> Washington, Texas, um, Texas, essentially a home field in New Orleans. Uh, Washington didn't care because Washington is the best team in college football, just like I've said all fucking year. Uh, Michael Penix, absolutely unbelievable. Uh, I will go back to saying he should have won the Heisman. He's the best player in college football. 29 of 38, 430 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, Adunze and Polk both went over 100. Uh, there's nothing. I And I loved, you could tell, some of these people have AP votes and stuff like that. But yesterday on Twitter, I was reading it as the game was going on, and people were talking about the accuracy of Michael Penix and how like they couldn't believe how accurate he was. I've been talking about that on this goddamn podcast all season. Like these guys have votes in the AP. Like what are what? Are, I get that they're a late night team, but that's also like your job. So I, d I don't get why they have no idea how good this guy is. Like he, I, I said, I, I don't know when it was we talked about it, a few weeks ago. I was like, I literally would take him as the number one quarterback in the draft because of his accuracy. He's the most accurate player I, I've literally ever seen in college football. The fact that he can throw a 40 yard ball just on a dime. I, the fade he threw to Adunze in the fourth quarter was on the sideline was absolutely beautiful. I I don't know. It's I've watched him all year and I have nothing but great things to say about him. It was nice to actually see him. He kind of went back to the IU Michael Penix a little bit. He had a little bit of a uh, leg work yesterday. He ran pretty well. Yeah. Um, I think I think that'll be a key in the Michigan game. Also, he's going to have to use his legs a little bit. And unfortunately, hopefully, we'll find out soon about Dylan Johnson, but. That uh, end of the game injury. Hopefully, he is going to be able to play next week, but it's a short week. So, who knows on that? But that would put Washington down to their third string running back if he is injured and can't play. But if I was Washington, I would just line up and spread throw it every damn play because, I mean, who's going to stop those guys? That they, They're unbelievable. Uh, McMillan ended up with a touchdown, five for 58 touchdown. Adunze, six for 125. Polk was five for 122 in a touchdown. Uh, even Westover came in for six for 59. Um, I mean, it's just so hard to doubt that team. Uh, one thing that was kind of bad, just like Michigan, uh, Washington did drop a punt that was a crucial turnover that gave Texas a game-tying score. Uh, and then w shit kind of got crazy at the end of the game. Uh, the game was essentially over. Uh, well, there would have been about 15 seconds left, but that's when the injury to Dylan Johnson happened. 
forced Washington to use a timeout, which I think we've got to look at this rule. I, I don't think this should be, this should not happen. Team should not be punished because a guy gets hurt. If there was 40, the clock was essentially was going to run down to 15 seconds. It was third down. Dylan Johnson got hurt. So instead of the clock running down to 15 seconds left and Washington have to punt with 15 seconds left, which they were already on the other side of the 52. So, I mean, they would have went the whole field for Texas. Uh, they stopped the clock at 45, forced Washington to use a timeout, and they had to punt. And that's how Texas even had time to do anything, which they went right down the field. They almost won the game because of it. Yeah. So, I mean, it was <clears throat> it was a crucial a crucial situation. And I, I just don't agree with teams being punished because of an injury. Like, I don't – what I get stop the clock, get the guy off the field, and then just roll the clock. Like, why do we have to? Why do we have to punish the team for an injury? I, it's just one thing I don't understand. I, I don't know. It's. I know the NFL does the same thing. I just don't agree with it. Uh, Ewers had a decent game that last drive at the end of the game. Put him over 300 yards passing. Wasn't that great? He was 24 of 43. Uh, I don't think they really had any other big statistical performers. Washington's defense actually played a really great game. Uh, my guy, Jabbar Muhammad, is an absolute fucking stud out there at corner. I love him. He draws the box every time he shuts someone down. I, I've been a big fan of his all year just because I've watched so many of their games. Uh, the uh, sensation from the Apple Cup, Grady Gross, the kicker that got the, the scholarship after the game, he went three for three and then four for four on extra points. So he had a solid game also. Basically, it was just the punt returning that was the issue for Washington. And then uh, right after the situation with Dylan Johnson, they punted to Texas and they ran into the fucking punt returner, gave him 15 yards for free. So there was a lot of bad special teams right at the end of the game. Uh, but overall, uh, Washington, I mean, for people that don't watch the game, they're going to be like, oh, that was a good game. I mean, Washington absolutely dominated this game for the most part. It did get very close to the end. They did almost lose. It was kind of like Michigan, Alabama. I, I think Michigan absolutely dominated that game too. And then Bama, I mean, they had a chance at the end to still win. Uh, Reese, what were your thoughts on the Washington, Texas game? Uh, two things were really clear to me. Both teams have horrendous pass defense, and Michael Penix, as if there were any question, is a stud. Uh, completing 76% of his passes for 430 and two touchdowns just proves how much of a dart thrower he is. Um, it was really fun to watch these guys trade blows. Third quarter, I thought it was going to get nasty for Texas uh, because of all that scoring that happened there in the third, and then Washington started letting him come back a little bit. Uh, the the big thing here, looking for next Tuesday, and you you mentioned it, is the question mark around Dylan Johnson. Uh, I read some additional info earlier today that it's an extension of what I believe is a foot injury that he's been dealing with from earlier in the year. Um, uh, as early, I think, as like maybe three, four weeks ago. Yeah, he's had um, it all year. Yeah, so it sounds like something he's been playing through. So it's just a matter of whether or not a week off is going to give him any time for recovery. But when you have somebody that's got 1,200 yards and 16 touchdowns, that's a substantial drop in production. Um, I think Tybo Rogers and Will Nixon are the next two up, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and Rogers the pro- will be. The, project- the, the, uh, the production between those two guys drops off significantly. So I, I really hope Dylan Johnson's able to go. I firmly believe that a full freight Washington team against a full freight Michigan team. Washington has the edge. Michigan does have a really, really solid pass defense, but is that a really solid pass defense because they've been going against Big Ten competition all year? There's not exactly. a lot of there's not a lot of teams that are big into passing uh in, in the Big Ten. Frankly, there's not a lot of great teams in the Big Ten this year. So 
I, I, I don't, this will be a test, man. I mean, we talked about this a lot throughout the year about how, you know, and this is exactly why I had Michigan you know, either out of my playoff or first one in or at, at the four spot for most of the year, because I don't think they've been battle tested that much. And, and even again, to this point with this week, they played Bama who I think is right. ranked higher than they should be. Um, and again, it's a guy who can't throw the ball either. They've, yeah. They've never even seen an offense, what they're about to see. Yeah. So We'll see what happens. It'll be. I think it's going to be a combination of Michigan trying to control, control the clock with their run game and them trying to basically be forced to throw if Washington gets up early on them. I, I think in order for this to be a game, Washington... I, I guess my big concern potentially for Washington is grinding things out towards the end of the game if it's really close. I think that if it's a really close game, that could lend more towards Michigan's favor. Whereas if Washington comes into the fourth quarter with a 10, 17 point lead or something like that, they could probably knock it out at that point. But from a talent standpoint on the offense, I don't think there's it's night and day difference in my opinion on, on talent. So we talked about this last week in the week before last, you know, we've already kind of teased it, but you know, both of us, I think are going to have Washington hopefully coming out on top here. I just, I do really hope that Dylan Johnson can find a way to get on the field and be effective. Yeah, and there was a stat I read. Uh, Adunze, Polk, McMillan, and Jeremy Bernard were targeted 20 times last night. 19 catches, 353 yards, and two touchdowns. That's insane statistically. <laughs> like, that's, like, that's... I I don't know how you get better than that. Like, that... I don't know. I, I've been a fan of them all year, so what I say about them is kind of misleading because... Well, actually, it's proven to be true, but it's uh, clearly I'm more of a fan than most of this team. I've talked about them all year, but I, I, I just the disrespect that they've had all year. I just I don't know. I get that they play on the West Coast, but like maybe next year in the Big Ten, they'll get a little bit more respect. Who knows? All right. So from there, let's uh, let's jump over, go through our ninety five thousand list of the transfer portal we do every week. Wake me up when you're done. <laughs> so uh, we have a little bit of news. Uh, we've talked about this for quite a few weeks just because we've kind of been waiting for something to happen with Florida State in the quarterback situation. Uh, DJ Uyunglele. I uh, can't wait to say that all year. He, <coughs> he has committed to Florida State, and there is a little bit of stuff going on on Twitter uh, with his father, Big Dave, I believe is his name. Uh, kind of hinting that the brother Mateo studded Oregon uh, might might just be joining. So let's stay tuned for that one. I'm I'm really looking forward to what happens there. Mateo is an absolute beast, and if we can add him to our defensive line, Patrick Payton just announced he's coming back. Um, uh, I'm already happy about Florida State next year. Anyway, I think we're going to be great. But the fact that Mateo is a possibility, like. And then at the exact moment that DJ announced he had committed to Florida State, Oregon State wide receiver Silas Bolden started liking all of DJ's stuff and entered the portal. So, again, another weapon potentially coming with him to Florida State. So, and you guys already got Marvin Jones Jr., right? So, yeah, on the it, it, he, him, him with Patrick Payton is going to be nasty. I, I don't know if you, I mean, I wouldn't have watched this. I did. I shouldn't have, but. I did watch the Florida State Georgia game. <laughs> Patrick, Patrick Patrick Payton 
absolutely murdered Carson Beck and forced him. He dove from like five yards away, forced a fumble. It was one. It was it was obviously the highlight of our game. But Patrick Payton's a beast, and he's going to be the next great DN at Florida State. He's already good. And adding if yeah, with Marvin Jones with him, I think that's going to be a nasty combination. And if Mateo comes, oh, good luck. It's it's going to be a rough season for people. Uh, so, like I just said, Oregon State wide receiver Silas Bolden has entered the portal. I'm really hoping we see him in the Garnet and Gold also. Uh, Cam Ward, the guy that we've been waiting on for a long time, and I think this is why we got the DJ news. He did announce he is going pro. So, yep. there is rumors that he has not hired an agent. So, there is some talk that he could potentially be coming back. I know I have heard Auburn and I have heard Miami, um, but... We will wait and see, <clears throat> but the, the thing right now is he is going pro. Uh, Texas A&M cornerback Tony Grimes has entered the portal. USC cornerback Damani Jackson has committed to Alabama. This is one thing I didn't even know was legal, and I'm pretty sure it probably isn't. He was at Alabama's Rose Bowl practice before he committed, and then he committed to them. I, I didn't even know that was possible, but I guess it is. I guess there are no rules unless you buy a guy a hamburger or Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Ole Miss quarterback Jackson Dart did officially announce his return to Ole Miss. Arkansas quarterback KJ Jefferson is committed to UCF. Louisville wide receiver Kevin Coleman has entered the portal. Purdue defensive end Nick Scourton has entered the portal. He did cancel his visit to Louisville, and he only has a trip to FSU planned right now. So again, another DN possibility at Florida State, which could be huge. Uh, Ohio State wide receiver Noah Rogers into the portal. Uh, I am convinced that this guy's parents was a fan of Lost. Toledo running back Penny Boone has entered the portal. <laughs> um, he, he, uh, uh, and he is down to Florida State, Louisville, and Kentucky. He was the MAC Offensive Player of the Year. So uh, this is a little interesting twist here, too. Florida State could use a nice running back, so we wouldn't be too bad there. Uh, Liberty quarterback Caden Salter's in the portal. Liberty cornerback Kobe Singleton's entered the portal. Miami cornerback Devontae Brown in the portal. Texas A&M wide receiver Jordan Anthony did commit to Arkansas. Uh, Utah corner Travis Brockton entered the portal. Uh, Florida linebacker Scooby Williams in the portal. Uh, LSU offensive tackles Lance Hurd in the portal. Uh, Baylor tight end. I just added this guy because of his name. Jake Roberts is in the portal. So Jake the Snake is good, tight end from Baylor entering the portal. Uh, this guy's enormous. Miami defensive end Collins Akeempong. Uh, he's entered the portal. This man is 6'8", 270. Um, that's a large defensive end. Who knows where he'll end up, but he's very big. Uh, Mississippi State offensive tackle Percy Lewis has entered the portal. Uh, this is one I'm pretty big fan of. Cal wide receiver Jeremiah Hunter did commit to Washington. Um, that's going to be huge for Washington next year to have another guy come in, fill in the role of a doomsday and McMillan. <clears throat> um, and this one we're going to have a little discussion on. I, I would like to hear your thoughts on this. Uh, Florida quarterback Jalen Kitna has committed to UAB. Uh, he was arrested in November of 22 on five child pornography charges that were dis and then dismissed from Florida, the Gators, in December. Uh, the Gainesville police found that Kitna shared two images on Discord of child porn. Uh, later then, he reached a plea deal in July, and the charges were reduced to two second-degree misdemeanors, and he served six months probation. Uh, two questions. <laughs> One, well, do you, I mean, I didn't even know you could just get five child porn charges turned into misdemeanors. And two, uh, do you think that any team should have picked him up? <laughs> 
I, I don't really understand how to re- respond to the first question. Uh, well, it wasn't really a question. I just didn't know that was possible. I, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know what this the situation is like when it happens. I'm not even going to begin to dive into this. There's, there's a lot of questions. I am not a lawyer. I am not even going to be in to guess why or how you can get five pornography charges knocked out of two misdemeanors. Should somebody have picked him up? I, the only way I could see that possible is if there's more information that he's providing UAB that's not known to the public that Dilfer and cause Trent Dilfer is the coach there, right? That yeah, Trent, it, Trent Dilfer and whoever else is involved in this is like, look, you messed up and made a mistake, but it's excusable, which I don't even know how you get to that point. I mean, the fact matters, no. He, he, the, I cannot imagine a scenario where any booster at UAB is like, yeah, let's bring this guy on. Yeah, it seems very odd to me. I mean, this is all public record, and he he agreed, he pled guilty. Like, I mean, clearly he did this. It was obvious he did this. I am very shocked that that a team would bring him on. And I saw a lot of stuff on Twitter that people are like, what the hell? Like, they're really down on Dilfer and UAB for doing this. Um, like, I mean, there are things I think you can forgive and accept and try to move on from. I'm not sure this one is one that I would be like, oh, yeah, let's bring this guy back to play college football. <laughs> like, maybe, maybe you should try to improve your whole life instead of uh, try to worry about college football. Um, and going back to the, I want like how, how could you shouldn't be able really to get this change. I'm guessing it probably helps being a Florida Gator football player and your dad being John Kitna. Like, I mean, that, I'm, that might have a little bit to do with it. If I had to guess, maybe, I mean, I don't know being in Gainesville and having a lot of money. I'm sure there was some backdoor deal. That's country shit. So you know what happens in Gainesville? <clears throat> I don't know what happens in Gainesville. Oh, you do. <laughs> go, 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 go back, go back to Urban Meyer's tenure there, and just look at what happened to a lot of those players. I think. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think we know what happens in Gainesville. Aaron Hernandez. Yeah, seems to be a lot of eyes being turned the other way. What goes on there? All right. Well, that is the uh, long list of portal news for this week. Uh, it's our favorite time of the week. We are going to move to Reese's random conference guessing game. Uh, go ahead and just take it over, and we'll see what uh, what we get this week out of this fun fiasco. Yeah. Uh, all right. So we're gonna do this uh, just like we do every week, or that every week that we've done this. I'll give you the uh, university, and I'll give you a a quick note here, and then you see if you can guess. Um, first things first. We are looking at Harding University. Harding University in Searcy, Arkansas. Is that Warren G. Harding? Warren G. Harding, yes. <laughs> Searcy, Arkansas. Here's your hint. The largest mammal in North America, it was named the National Mammal of the United States in 2016 and is often interchangeably called a buffalo. Uh, well, I, the, the largest only, mammal in I've North America. Of, <laughs> I, I'm guessing it's bison. I've never heard a buffalo call anything else, so... Hey, we're good. We're one and oh. All right. <laughs> You're gonna this is great. Next up we have the Uachita Baptist University. Uachita Baptist University in Arkadelphia, Arkansas. Yes. Uachita Baptist in Arkadelphia, Arkansas. You'll earn your stripes if you can guess this meat eating largest wildcat in the world. 
Tiger. Well done. There we go. Are you are you hearing this ding? Is this happening I, for you? I am. We are okay. good. Fantastic. All right. This is the first time in like a month and a half where we can both hear things. Uh, yeah. Next up, we have Southern Arkansas University. Southern Arkansas University in Magnolia, Arkansas. Uh, I don't know if that's... Uh, that's Chip and Joanna's company. Chip and Joanna. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right, this is the tough one. So, so pay attention here. This mascot came about from a nickname used by Coach George Ruford Turrentine in the early 1910s after his football team paid him a visit to his home by riding these mammals that were preferred over horses as a crucial element of Southern agriculture. Well, well who doesn't know this? Come on. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, let's go. So let's, let's think about this logically. Donkeys. Is that your answer? <laughs> camels. I don't know. I don't think they have camels in, in Arkadelphia or whatever the hell. They are the mule riders. The mule oh, yeah. riders. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not an easy one. And I, I did my best to try to come up with something worthwhile for you there. Uh, not, not an easy one. There's All a right. school called the mule riders. Like what? the Southern Arkansas mule riders. I'm gonna have to buy some merch. I gotta get a hat or something. I, I know it's some of these teams, man. They sound like uh, minor league baseball clubs. Mm-hmm. All right. Next up, we have Henderson State University. Henderson State University, surprisingly, also located in Arkadelphia, Arkansas, the city I've never heard of before, and they apparently have two universities. This university is actually without a mascot and instead embraces the nickname due to an abbreviation of previous nicknames such as Red Jackets, Red Man, and Reds. Did you say Red Man? Red Men. (laughs) Red Men is in plural, like you're buying multiple packs of Red Man. Wait, so this is an abbreviation, and one of them was Reds? How do you get shorter than Reds? It's not... It's an original abbreviation of Red Jackets. They've also had iterations of Red Men and Reds. Oh, okay, I see. Oh, Jesus God. Uh, well, if I don't even know where to guess. Red, Red something. Um, the I about said the Washington football team. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't the the Red people. I don't know. Understandable to miss the one. It's the Reddies, the Henderson State Reddies. <sighs> it's the one of the, the laziest team names. All right. Next up, we have Southern Nazarene University. Southern Nazarene University in in Aunt Bethany, Oklahoma. Yes, that's right. Uh, this team name replaced the Redskins in 1999 and th- yep. <laughs> and their mascot has been called the Thundercat or is named the Thundercat. The team name is a combination of a color version of red and a weather event. Uh, read what before that you said something about, did you say something about thunder? The, their mascot is called the Thundercat. That's his name. Thundercat. The team name is a combination of a color version of red in a weather event. Weather event and thunder. Storm? Uh, you got half of it. Now, what's the color version of red? There's a few. Um, they could be Garnet Storm, the Red Storm. St. John's is the Red Storm. 
I mean, I'm going to guess it. Uh, I mean, I'm not. Gonna, it's either Garnet or Crimson would be another red that's used a lot. Burgundy. Okay, I don't. I, you've you've named one of them. I'll, one of those is correct. <laughs> Let's go. I, I I would have to assume if one of those is correct, it's probably Crimson. So I'm gonna go Crimson Storm. Oh my goodness! My we God. got one. Well done, sir. Well, I didn't think well Garnet done. Storm made sense, so that's. I like well. That. Yeah, and Burg- Burgundy Storm, you know, Ron no. Burgundy Storm doesn't make I, a lot of sense either. I, yeah, I like that one better, though. All right, next up we have Oklahoma Baptist University. Oklahoma Baptist University. I think I have a good guess as to the conference name. <laughs> in Shawnee, Shawnee, Oklahoma. <laughs> I can't wait for you to guess the conference. <laughs> the largest mammal in North America makes another appearance on this list. Uh, that was the uh, the Warren G. Harding Bisons. That's right. In this situation, they are just the bison, <laughs> the the singular version. But I'm going to give it to you anyway. Oh, they don't. Oh, they're like Stanford with the cardinal. That's correct. That's correct. All right. Uh, this next one, I don't know. If you get this, I'll be extremely extremely impressed. Uh, I don't like that you said I don't. Know. <laughs> yeah, Arkansas Tech. Arkansas Tech in Russellville, Arkansas. This nickname came about way back in 1919 when John Tucker, a 17-year-old freshman, scored two touchdowns and two extra points to lead what was then called the 2nd District Agricultural School Aggies to a 14-zip upset over Jonesboro University. After the game, newspapers began calling the team this, which resulted in their current nickname. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm gonna. It, I'm. I have a very, very layup of a. I'm just gonna say it because this is. You're never gonna get this. If I don't tell you. For a 17 year old to score twice in a college football game, it's no wonder these boys never shook the nickname. Uh, uh, wonder boys. <laughs> I mean, you, you just said it. <laughs> I, yeah, I, yeah. The reason why I gave that to you is because I read that and I was like, "What? They're actually called the Wonder Boys?" And I, yeah, that's correct. It is one hundred percent correct. Off, who is wearing? I, I'm going to buy you a hat that says Wonder Boys. So that way, you can yeah, I will rock it. I will <laughs> rock it. All right. Next up, we have Southeastern Oklahoma State. Southeastern Oklahoma State University in Durant, Oklahoma. Kevin Durant, Oklahoma. Is Mike Gundy's brother the coach there? I, I have no idea. Formerly known as the Savages until 2006. Yeah, that's the second team here that had to get rid of a Native American focus name. (laughs) (laughs) This this alma mater of center fielder Brett Butler and NBA Hall of Famer Dennis Rodman kept the Macho Man vibe, but added on some rain and thunder. Formerly known as the Savages. There's a lot of Savages thrown in there, so clearly it's Savage something. They kept the Macho Man vibe, but they added on some rain and thunder. Uh, well, this name doesn't make sense, is it? I mean, I would, judging by our clue earlier, is it Storm again? But what the hell is a Savage Storm? Well, I don't know, but that's what it is. It is Savage Storm. That is their name. The Southeastern Oklahoma State Savage Storm. This conference has the dumbest names I've ever heard. I do not disagree with you, my friend. <clears throat> All right, next up, the East Central University. 
East Central University in Ada, Oklahoma. These striped bit cats also make their second appearance in this round. Tigers again. Easy enough. I like and that now get ready to falter. The University of Arkansas at Monticello. University of Arkansas at Monticello in Monticello, Arkansas. As if you didn't figure that one out. A common name for an insect that infests cotton plants and eats the seeds, the seed pods or bowls. These beetles migrated from Mexico to the United States over a century ago and have cost America's cotton producers over $15 billion in crop loss and pest control. I don't have the slightest clue. I don't expect for you to. It's the boll weevils. The university, the university of Arkansas at Monticello boll weevils. Yeah. I agree. All right. Uh, next, we have Northwestern Oklahoma State. <clears throat> Northwestern Oklahoma State in Alva, Oklahoma. Whether you're playing baseball in Texas, hockey in New York, or special ops in the Army, this mascot guest should now be a layup. Rangers. You know, sometimes you just I got to throw some easy ones in here for you. Oh, I mean, after bull weevils or whatever the hell you said, that was <laughs> and bull weevils and wonder boys. I'm telling you, man, I'm, th I'm throwing some curveballs. All right. Uh, this is the last one here. Uh, Southwestern Oklahoma State University, Southwestern Oklahoma State University in Weatherford, Oklahoma, the fourth most popular dog breed in the U.S. and an extremely popular mascot name. These animals are known for their stocky build and mean looking underbite. I think we've had this one quite a few times already in this game. Uh, not today, but in the past. Uh, Bulldogs, Fresno. You got it, my friend. Uh, all right. <laughs> so that takes you to nine and three. Nine and three this week. Well done. Well done. I mean, I, mean, I should be faulted for getting the, the mule riders. That's the. <laughs> yeah, I do. You shouldn't be faulted for missing <laughs> Wonder Boys or Bull Weevils either, but here we are. All right, now it's time to cast the conference and just to give us a little fun is here. Oh, yeah, here we go. Oh, yeah, here we go. We're throwing everything out. All right, here we go. Division two, NCAA. Division two, founded in 2011. So this is a more recent conference. It is headquartered in Russellville, Arkansas. All teams play in Arkansas or Oklahoma, but in addition, they have four affiliate members in men's soccer, two of which are in Kansas. So all of the teams are in Arkansas or Oklahoma. They do have four affiliate members in men's soccer, two of which are in Kansas, headquartered in Russellville, founded in 2011, NCAA Division II. One thing I love is that this conference has existed for 12 years and all of them have had to change their team names. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm actually, I'm so that kind of changes my guess of the conference name. Cause I was really going to go with some sort of, uh, Jesus Bible versus native American conference, but the, uh, I'm not too sure what to say now because it's more recent than I thought it was. And that would never fly. Um, uh, who was the best team in this conference while I'm thinking, uh, you know? this year, the yeah. best team in this conference. Hang on just one second. I have it pulled up here. I hope it was the Mule Riders. 
Uh, let's see. What could this conference be? Uh, look, I, I closed the window out. Hang on just one second. I'll get it pulled up here. All right. Final standings for this conference. The Warren G. Harding University Bisons finished at 11-0. and 0. They were nice. undefeated this year. Uh, and they are on a 15-game winning streak. So they have uh, four wins from last season that they're carrying on. Uh, followed up there, we have three teams at 9-2. and two, Southern Arkansas, Uwachita Baptist, and Henderson State. Oklahoma Baptist sits at 6-5, and five, as well as Southern Nazarene. Uh, Arkansas Tech and Southeastern Oklahoma State are at 5-6, and six, and then it just gets worse from there. Southwestern Oklahoma State did not win a game this year. Uh, they finished 0-11. They're studs. So, so who were the Mule Riders? What was that team? The Mule Riders were the... Let's see here. <coughs> Southern Arkansas University, which they went 9-2. and two. Oh, not bad. And what about the uh, the Wonder Boys? Were they worth anything? <laughs> uh, let's see. The Wonder Boys, Arkansas Tech, they went five and six. They were not wondering. They were not uh, Wonder Boys. Uh, all right. Funnily, funnily enough, the Savage Storm uh, did not win a game, so they need to change their name. <laughs> uh, um. All right. Let's take. I'm. I, I forgot. I have to guess before I get the, the actual letters. Uh, I'm gonna go with the anti-Native American uh, Bible conference. Uh, <laughs> uh, this very well could be changed to that name. <laughs> the, the name of this conference is... Uh, yeah. Very... Yeah. Yeah. The, I, yeah I'm assuming I people that are anti-American yeah. and all these other things would definitely be within line of how they named this. Uh, the letters are GAC. Is the A American or anti? The A is American. Oh, look at that. 33%. Well, C's probably conference, so there's... 66%. That's right. I normally have had four words, so I've gotten 75%, so I'm going to be a little down on this one. But G-A-C. <laughs> what could the G be? Um, let's see. They were all in... They were all in Arkansas... In Oklahoma. Oklahoma, yeah. Oh. God, this is tough. Uh, goat? No. Goat. <laughs> <laughs> it's Goatsey, I bet. Goatsey the Goatsey American Conference. That would fit right in with their slogans. Um, oh, what could this be? This is like this has got to be just some back home shit. Like this is this looks like some old school. Well, think about America. think about the the education level of somebody potentially that lives in backwoods Arkansas or backwoods Oklahoma. They're probably not going to be too creative. On what uh, yeah, G word is. Yeah, I mean, we're already at American Conference, so it. There's only. Uh, all right, I'm gonna take a stab at this. I. Just because I don't even know what other word starts with G that you could put in a conference title, I'm gonna go with the Great American Conference. Yeah, that's correct. 
The Great American, American Conference. Yes, that is correct. Oh my god. I was thinking great. great I was thinking Great Plains. <laughs> That's why I went with Yeah, I mean you would have you would have been right there, but yeah, it is the Great American Conference. Oh my god. Which feels to me like a group of old white dudes that would very much be Oh yeah. Yeah. Anti Native American. Anti Native American. Jesus yep. Bible conference. It'd be Bible thumping. Yep. You got it. The Great American Conference. <laughs> I want to go to a game. I want to go to their conference championship. I, I really want to go to uh Mule Riders versus Wonder Boys game is what I would like to go Ooh, to. That would be we got to put that on the bucket list. Or Wonder Boys. We can do this, Wonder, do this Wonder show and, live from there next year. Yeah, we're running. Yeah, it's just like college college football Saturday uh, at University of Arkansas Monticello <laughs> is the Bull Weevils fight the Wonder Boys. <laughs> I'm looking up right now. I'm hold on. I'm doing a Google search. I want to figure out. I've got to figure out where they play the conference championship game. We got to we got to get to this. Oh my God! You should go to their website. This is oh, hard. I've been there. Hold on, is this the Mule Rider logo? No, that's Northwestern. No, where are the Mule Riders? What was the Mule Riders? Southern Arkansas. Southern Arkansas, yeah. <laughs> it's a pretty sweet logo. It actually kind of looks like that old Colts logo. Uh, the Bulldog logo for Southwestern Oklahoma State is one of the worst I've ever seen. They've got to get rid of that. Oh my. How do you find? Oh my God. I'm just trying to see where they play a football championship. Uh, how do you find football? Let's see if any of us can figure out where they play the conference championship game. Actually, they probably just play it at the home field of the one seed, if I had to guess. I, that's probably why I can't find it. Or they might not even have one. I honestly don't know that they have one. The last game of the year was Harding playing the Colorado School of Mines, which is a team from last week. Oh my god! And uh, they won thirty-eight to seven. Well, I do see here on December second, Southern Arkansas played Missouri Western State, but. I don't even remember Missouri Western State. Was that part of this? No, Missouri Western State is not part of it. That's neither is Colorado School of Mines. What is going on in this in this game? Oh, I I've really seen it all with this. Here's football. Here we go. Hold on. I'm gonna go back to the end of November and look at the football schedule. So on Saturday, December second. So that's what you were talking about. Saturday, December 16th, Harding played the School of the Mines in McKinney, Texas. Why is Harding in Colorado School of the Mines playing in McKinney, Texas? What is going on? Is that a is that like a playoff game or something? Yeah, Harding was 15 and 0 and Colorado School of the Mines was 14 and 1. So, oh, there were 12,000 people at this game. And that, that's the ore diggers, right? The Colorado School of Mines is the ore diggers from last last oh, well, week. I, I heard something completely different. I'm glad you said that again. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> ore diggers. Yeah. I, yes, definitely. Oh, my God. This guy's a beast. Braden Jay. 
One, two, three, three touchdowns in a row for Braden Jay. A 10-yard touchdown run, nine-yard touchdown run, 73-yard touchdown run. Uh, Harding Harding, uh, running back Braden Jay is a beast. So we got to figure out why this game was played in McKinley, Texas. This has to be some sort of championship because Colorado School of the Mines, who we talked about last week, and their logo uh, looks like a donkey. I'm pretty sure it is a donkey. It is. It is. We're going to have to do some research on this game and why this existed. Um, December 16th in McKinney, Texas at McKinney ISD Stadium. 12,552 people were there. Harding absolutely. Yeah, Colorado School of Mines scored once in the, that was the first score of the game and they did not score again. Uh, Harding rushed for 507 yards. Whew. Jesus. Five touchdowns. Five rushing touchdowns, 507 yards. They threw two passes. They were two for two passes. <laughs> oh, my. All right. Well, now I need to know what kind of offense these guys run. Clearly, uh, I'm going to guess a probably, well, I would say triple option, but it's probably not even that because it's just one guy killing everyone. <laughs> I don't think there's... Oh, there are individual stats. It is triple oh, option. Gotta be, yeah, because Blake De La Cruz went for 20 <laughs> for 212 yards, while Braden Jay went for 11 for 161 and three touchdowns. Oh, yeah, that's got triple option written all over it. Yep. Omar Sinclair had six for 76. Uh, Jalen Spicer had three for 23 and a touchdown. Cole Keelan, uh, seven for 21 and a touchdown. So, yeah, they were... Lit- Oh, Cole Keelan is also the quarterback. He was two for two for 46 yards passing. Stud. <clears throat> round round one. Interesting. Interesting. I, I still want to know why this game was played, but um, and spend a week doing research trying to figure out why. We will uh, report back next week on why this game was played. <clears throat> um, all right. Well, it's uh, time. We have reached the end of our season. Monday, January 8th, 7.30 p.m. ESPN, NRG Stadium, Houston, Texas. Number two, Washington. Number one, Michigan. Michigan's a four-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, I did throw in the over-under on this just because it is the championship. The over-under is 55-and-a-half. Reese, go ahead. Should be a fun matchup, uh, especially watching Michigan's pass defense. It's allowed 150 yards a game up against this number one passing offense in the country. I think this is going to be by far their biggest test next to Ohio State. Uh, the Dylan Johnson injury we talked about definitely gives me some pause, but there are just so many weapons on Washington, and the Huskies have been battle-tested way more than Michigan has. For that reason, I am going to take the points and roll with Penix and the Huskies to get the last college football invitational championship for round. Yep, and I am on Washington also. Uh, I've said it all year. Anytime Washington's gotten points, I've taken them, and they've covered every time and won the game outright. Uh, I've said it all year. Best team in college football, best weapons in college football, the best player in college football at quarterback. I just don't see how this team can be stopped. Um, I I think Michigan, you mentioned it earlier when we were talking about it, their plan's got to be to keep the ball out of Washington's hands. But Washington's run defense is actually good. The pass defense is what's a little skeptical. So, I think Washington can can man enough to play. It, it is a game that's inside again, which I think is a huge favor to Washington in the way they play. Uh, so all signs in my eyes point to Washington. 
So I'm going to take Washington to win the national championship and the conference. Uh, you have any thoughts on the over under at 55 and a half? <clears throat> 55 and a half. I'd probably take the under on that. I, I think this game might be a little bit of a grind to start. Uh, see the scoring pick up a little bit more in the second quarter leading into the second half. But 55 and a half is a lot of points. Um, I'm going to look up. I'm going to look up Michigan's schedule real quick. I just want to see how many games they had went over 55 and a half. Yeah. I mean, I can see this game 55 and a half. So if it was like 30 to 26. So let's see. They went. What is going on with this? Hold on. Sorry. Jesus Christ. <clears throat> it gives me next year all right so 33 was the total against ecu uh 43 against unlv 37 bowling green 38 rutgers 53 nebraska 62 minnesota 59 iu 49 michigan state 54 purdue 39 penn state 54 Five Maryland, 54 Ohio State, 25 Iowa, and 47 Alabama. So what was that? Just one game over? Yeah, I think that was just one. And it was I no two. Minnesota and IU back to back. Minnesota was 62 and IU was 59. And then Ohio State was 54. And it was 55 and a half, right? 55 and a half. Mm-hmm. So only two games has gone over all year. But like we've said, they haven't seen an offense like Washington. So I. And with Alabama, that Alabama game got to 47. Ohio State was 54. So Ohio State was just under. I, I actually think I think I like the over, to be honest. I think for Michigan to win, it's got to be under. But I, I think that I do like the over. <clears throat> which one did you say you said under I, i'm gonna go under yeah i i, I just think this game is going to start off a little slow these teams are going to try to test each other a little bit and the scoring will pick up in the second half i just don't know that they're going to get to 55 all right so we have made our final pick of the year this was game 390 that we just picked so um that's more than one for every day of the year uh, we will be back next week just to kind of wrap up college football season. I'm going to guess that's probably the last college episode for a while. Um, getting into the NFL playoffs at that point. So um, unless anything crazy happens, we'll throw on a special episode. But for the most part, it's pretty much going to wrap it up next week. Uh, I'll come back and talk about the championship. We'll have one more conference guessing game. I'll figure out why Harding played the school of the mines. and. Uh, that's really about it so uh enjoy the national championship on monday night we'll be back the day after on tuesday to talk about it uh i will say go huskies because i do not want to see michigan win a title and next year this will be a conference game in the big 10 so a little early look ahead and potentially jim harbaugh's last game at michigan never know what's going to happen there either so yeah i did hear that he hired uh, an agent that's got ties to the nfl so yep uh, we will see what happens. So that is it for Captain Reese. I am Jacob.
we will see you guys next week. Have a good one, everyone. Cheers, guys.